Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family just by being here with me listening to this podcast you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true let's do this together Happy Friday! Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. Today we have a live Q&A that I did over on Instagram and I wanted to bring it to the podcast because it's that good if I do say so myself. (laughs) No, it has a lot of amazing information in it for you and just answer some lingering questions that some of your fellow trying to conceive sisters had. And I also want to take this opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you are celebrating around this time. I really hope that you take the time to make it special for the family and the friends that you have around you right now and really just celebrate your life and what you're doing. Like I always say in the beginning of this podcast, just you listening to this podcast, you're already making big decisions to take control, improve your fertility and create your dream family. Next Friday is actual Christmas. There's a little mini episode coming out, but I really just want to take the time to wish you a Merry Christmas today because I really hope you're not listening to this podcast next week and maybe you just listen to it later on and Christmas will be done and dusted. So without further ado, let's get to the live Q&A. Hello, beautiful. Happy Friday. We are live on Instagram right now. In my stories, I asked you guys to ask me any questions about diet and fertility, and you've come through with some really good ones. So I thought instead of just answering them via the stories, via text, I would actually do a Q&A session for everyone. The first question we have is how long do you recommend staying on AIP? AIP being the autoimmune paleo diet. I have Hashimoto's and been trying to conceive for two years. Now, since you know you have a autoimmune issue, such as Hashimoto's, staying on the autoimmune paleo diet is something that you'll probably want to do for a long time, long term. Now in saying this, finding what you can and cannot eat on the autoimmune paleo diet is really key. So it's all about the reintroduction phase. So if there's things that are, you know, off the table because of the autoimmune paleo diet, but you really want them back in your life, you reintroduce them after not having them for about 30 days and see how your body reacts to it. Now, Hashimoto's um, or any thyroid issue is a long-term autoimmune issue. It's not like you just all of a sudden 
started eating some wrong foods and then you got Hashimoto's right away. You probably had some other signs that your body was telling you things weren't right. So digestive issues, mood swings, skin issues, not able to sleep, maybe like super high cortisol. You know, there's other symptoms that you'll probably ignore <laughs> for lack of a better word before you get a full-blown diagnosis of an autoimmune issue like Hashimoto's. So unfortunately, when you do get diagnosed with autoimmune issue like that, it's probably likely that you're forever going to have to have a certain type of diet. So for me, I had the high natural killer cells and I went autoimmune and saw a really big difference even after being on paleo for a year. Once I went on the autoimmune, there was some like lagging symptoms that went away and still come back if I do introduce some of my really big no-nos like paprika. So if I ignore my symptoms and I keep eating this stuff, then my natural killer cells elevate. Like I was lucky that I only had unexplained infertility, but for other people, it can go into full-blown autoimmune issues like Hashimoto's. Going back to how long you need to be on it, my best advice is to find out what you can reintroduce um, off of the autoimmune paleo diet. So for me, I can eat eggs. I can have pine nuts. I can have almonds. Um, you know, there's different things that are kind of no-nos on the autoimmune paleo diet. But the whole point of the diet is to eliminate a large portion of <laughs> known inflammatory foods with people with autoimmune issues, and then reintroducing one food at a time and seeing and watching your body how it reacts. And these could be really small reactions, or these can be really big reactions. Obviously, when you have a thyroid issue, watching your levels as well, and making sure that you're getting a full panel of full thyroid panel review, maybe every six months to a year. Um, that's a great way to see how healing process is going. For many, they can put their autoimmune issues in remission, but you have to stay on your perfect diet. Um, you can't just go into remission and then start introducing all your inflammatory, inflammatory foods back into your diet and you think that you'll be fine. It just doesn't really work that way. Some people can heal themselves to a certain point where they can have inflammatory foods that were inflammatory before and aren't anymore. So that's really good news. But it's once again, all just dependent on your genetics and how deep your issue actually is, uh, you know, when you discovered that you had this issue. So unfortunately, I don't have a really good answer of a timeline for people. But just stay focused on doing the autoimmune paleo diet for at least 30 days, and then you can start reintroducing foods one at a time. Take it really slow. It's a really slow process. If you do want to get down to the bottom of your food sensitivities, you would do a food sensitivity test. But the thing with a food sensitivity test is you need to be eating the, like, the whole range of foods to be able to show up on a food sensitivity test. That's really important. So if you are already on a full autoimmune paleo diet and say, oh, I want to see if I'm allergic to or intolerant to this or that, and you go and take the test, it might be some false 
positives or false negatives, either way you want to look at it because it wouldn't show up in your body as inflammatory because it's not in your body. So just something to think about. So our next question is, I am a vegetarian and I have infertility folks tell me all the time I need meat. So I'm thinking you're saying you have coaches telling you that you need to eat meat. So this is kind of really annoying for coaches like myself who really put an emphasis on you need to do what's right for you. Now, do you need meat? I would say no, you don't need meat. Are you maybe missing out on some of the benefits that meat has in them, especially, you know, grass-fed naturally organically raised cows, chickens, fish, all that. Yes, um, that's just a given. It's not a good or a bad thing. It's just science. If you don't eat something, then you're not getting that nutrients. Also, I would say to depending on what your body needs, some people, you know, are vegans and just supplement with the correct B vitamins to support themselves that way. And that's good for their body, that they can handle it, their body can handle it. Other people, it doesn't work for them. And they actually do need to eat some sort of animal product. Maybe they have an autoimmune issue, or there's just something with their blood chemistry that it just doesn't work for them. So if you are a vegetarian, or if you are a vegan, you obviously want to make sure that your B vitamins are really good. And if they're not finding a way if you really don't want to eat meat to supplement that. So yeah, that's my answer. Anyone who tells you you have to have a certain thing. I think it's just coming from, you know, their core beliefs. And we can only kind of give advice from personal experiences and thoughts and belief system. Um, and I think sometimes we do go a little bit wrong when we want to put our beliefs on other people. Do I recommend eating meat? Of course, I recommend eating meat. But I do believe that if you choose not to eat meat for whatever reason, then that's your choice. And you just have to make sure that you're supplementing in other ways. Our next question is, what kind of food can people with low AMH take? Now, there's no magic pill or food that is going to improve your AMH. This is, once again, finding out what you need for your body. So the first thing is finding your food intolerances and eliminating those and then adding in all the amazing foods that you might not be eating. We get stuck in ways of eating the same vegetables day in, day out. And I was dealing with infertility. I could probably count the number of vegetables on two hands, barely, of what I ate during the week. And now I really try to add in vegetables that, you know, are kind of not in season or, you know, that I'm just not used to eating. When you want to improve your AMH score, it is about eliminating and introducing, you know, with my clients and in the fertility food program, I have an on and off food list for you. Sometimes we are so focused on what we can't eat that we don't realize that there's so many amazing foods out there that we can eat. And we just have to maybe go and search those out a little bit more. So going to farmer's markets are really good because they bring in vegetables that maybe the grocery stores don't stock. You know, eating in seasons is really amazing, but incredibly hard. 
So it's just really finding what works and what doesn't work for you to increase those AMH levels. So our next question is, how do you find out what you're intolerant to? So there's two ways. Um, There's the elimination diet, which um, you can either start with eliminating the um, top five food intolerances, corn, soy, sugar, dairy, and uh, gluten. I start off with that. Those are the five most common. Um, If you're seeing improvements, but maybe your health just isn't getting there, um, you're still not getting pregnant, that's when you need to dig a little bit deeper and eliminate what I like, you know, are normal healthy foods for people, but they, you might be intolerant to them. The best diet to do this with is the autoimmune paleo diet. That's why I recommend it only because it eliminates so much. I'm not entirely sure there's another diet out there that eliminates as much as the autoimmune paleo diet. And then what you want to do is reintroduce those foods. Um, you want to see what your body's reactions are. Like I mentioned before, before you do any diet and lifestyle changes, getting a food sensitivity test, making sure that you're eating those foods so they can show up on the test is one of the easier routes to go. Obviously, it's not as long. You do a test, it shows you results. The problem with food sensitivity tests is there's some really low grade ones out there, especially ones that you can just go to the store and pick up. And there's no 100% accurate food sensitivity test out there. So even if you are running tests like MRT, LEAP 170, still not a 100% guarantee that it's giving you super accurate results. And this is for a variety of reasons. And And one of the reasons that you really need to be eating certain foods that you want to know 100% that not 100%, but like 80-90% if you have an intolerance to them. I still find one of the best ways is just listening to your body and, you know, monitoring your stools and, you know, your fatigue and all that and just really listen to what's going on is the best way that you can find out. But it is a long process. I think that's why one of my main reasons for creating fertility food was to help give you that guidance and that support during this process and answer all the questions out there without having to Google and listen to like 500 different opinions on what you should do. It's a really clear way to get down to the bottom of what you need to do. On saying that, I have a lady doing the program right now and she's asked a few questions. Is a protein chocolate bar okay to eat once a day as a snack during the 30-day fertility food reset. So in the fertility food, we do a 30-day reset. You have a calendar, you mark the day, and you start when you're ready, and you commit to 30 days of eliminating whatever you need to eliminate. You know, it's set up where you're a new beginner. You have nothing. You don't, you know, nothing about food. You can go in and choose between one to five of the most common food intolerances. Or if you've done that and you're still not seeing results and you want to play around with the autoimmune paleo diet, it helps you and guides you through that. Okay. So getting back to the question about the protein bars, when you are healing yourself, because that's what you're doing, when you eliminate inflammation, you are allowing your body to heal. And so you are giving yourself time 
to your body to do its natural process of regenerating, right? That your body always wants to get to a state of bliss. And what happens in life is <laughs> with food and the stressors and just living in this modern day society, you're basically just like whacking your body in different areas. And so obviously with food, it's your gut. Protein bars are a highly processed manufacturer bar. Even if it's gluten, dairy, soy, nut-free, there's still a process that they have to do to be able to allow that food to sit on a shelf for a year. That's just not normal, right? So if we want to go back to our ancestors, you ate the food pretty quickly. <laughs> you didn't have refrigeration. You didn't have these chemicals that allow foods to sit on shelves. So once a day, I would say no. But if it is an emergency, I'd rather you eat than starve yourself. But I wouldn't rely on them. I wouldn't let that be your crutch because what the food industry has done, they are very, very smart and they hire, you know, amazing scientists and psychologists to get into our brain and into our taste buds. And they have caught on to this whole, you know, diet craze and health craze. And they are really good at, you know, tricking you from a marketing standpoint of what is health. So obviously reading the labels, trying to get the cleanest one you possibly can uh, with no rancid oils like canola oil, low sugar, you know, doing the best with that and then just using them very sparingly. You know, we, we really promote just eating real food food that is going to expire within, you know, 30 to 60 days. But don't beat yourself up. You know, like I always say, start where you are. If this is something that you need and you're improving your breakfast and you're improving your dinner, then, you know, you are lowering the inflammation greatly by improving your meals and maybe your snacks you can kind of get away with. But my honest answer would be no. <laughs> Sorry. So going from that, what snacks are good to eat during your reset? So real food, you know, not overdoing the sugar. You know, I relied heavily on fruit in the beginning. And when I started working with my coach, he was like, whoa, you're having way too much sugar. And it actually turned out I had a fruit toast intolerance. So I really have to, you know, watch my sugar intake through my fruit. If you're doing the autoimmune paleo diet, unfortunately, a lot of nuts and seeds are off the table. But if you're not, you can introduce nuts and seeds, you know, setting yourself up with vegetable snacky things. I will, this is really good. And this is why I love doing this. I'm going to set up a snack menu and I'll pop it into the fertility food program for you guys. So I will put that on my list of things to do. But there are foods out there. Um, and also what I would say too, if you are setting yourself up with a really substantial filling breakfast and lunch, if you still need to be snacking, there's definitely maybe something going on with your hormones or it's a habit, you know, that kind of like you're sat at your desk, you're bored, you just want a snack. So maybe it's trying to see why you need those snacks. 
So yeah, that is my answer to that. And then what teas are okay to drink? So you obviously want to be going with a caffeine-free tea. And this is not because caffeine's bad for fertility, but what you're trying to do for most of us, I would say, who are type A <laughs> and stressed already with life and then infertility on top of that, what the caffeine does, it is, you know, putting up your adrenals and you're whacking your adrenals again with that caffeine. But in saying that, uh, I personally had one cup of green tea every day during my kind of my journey. Raspberry leaf tea is amazing too. So she's asking what kind of reactions are you looking for immediately? Now, <laughs> this is the really shitty thing about it is that sometimes food intolerances don't show up until like 48 hours later. So if you have an immediate reaction, I know you can monitor your heart rate is a really good thing. I know when I have a glass of wine, I can feel my heart rate go up. That is a reaction. And then immediate ones are just like brain fog, stomach, gut issues. And then like for me, my food intolerances show up like 48 hours later. So if I have a large enough, if my gut health is low and I have large enough helping of like salsa or some kind of nightshade, 48 hours is like too much information, I'll get constipated. And then another 24 hours later, I'll get diarrhea. And so that's how my food intolerances show up. Um, so you just kind of want to like watch yourself because it can unfortunately present itself in so many different ways. And there's not really like a check sheet <laughs> to say um, like, oh, okay, I've got that. I've got that. So it's really about getting in tune with your body. Um, so back to the teas. Yeah, I just, um, you know, we obviously want to, you know, the the suggestion is to stay away from like coffee and black teas and stuff. But um, I would say too, if you're, once you have lowered your stress levels and you can truly say you've done that and you're allowing your adrenals to heal, that's when you can probably introduce, you know, one cup a day of black tea or some kind of your coffee and in, back into your life. But what you want to watch is just for more symptoms. And if you know you're stressing out or you're not sleeping well, that I know that's when you need the caffeine the most, but that's probably when you don't want the caffeine in your body the most. But I suggest any kind of herbal decaf tea is great. And then, like I said, I had green tea once a day. So our next question is, I get overwhelmed with starting over again. I know consistency is the key, yet I'm still struggling to begin. And I think everyone in the whole wide world can relate to this question. I've been on this journey for well over five years now, and I still struggle and I still have to start again. <laughs> I am doing a 30 day reset challenge with one of the women in the fertility food program right now. And um, I've given up corn and rice and alcohol. And um, I've done this to help uh, de-stress my gut <laughs> and things just build up again. I can tell I'm not, you know, sleeping well. My digestion's not great. Um, I can just tell that my gut isn't particularly healthy right now. So I'm restarting. Um, this is where I would say your mindset is so important. And the reason why we keep giving up things is to be really blunt is because we're not loving ourselves enough we're self-sabotaging ourselves and so um and the other thing on top of that too is the pressures 
of our society. Um, I just finished a podcast episode with Stephanie from The Learning Project, and we talked about when we start improving our diet, um, we change, we're changing, and the people around us don't like that. They don't like, it scares them. Change is like one of the worst things. And so they kind of make snarky comments or, you know, say that's not going to work. Um, also, when you go into a grocery store, over 70% of the grocery store is not real food. So it's really hard to um, stick to these, um, a clean eating lifestyle when shitty food is just super available. You know, all the fast food restaurants and all that. So when you work on your mindset um, and you really start truly believing one, that food is medicine and you start believing that it is going to show you results um, and you start believing in yourself and your body's abilities, um, that's when you're able to um, you know, stay committed to your goals and stay committed to the new lifestyle. And the other thing I would say too is don't beat yourself up when you struggle. For all the reasons I just mentioned, you don't necessarily have the support you need to make it through all these really hard times. And that's why, you know, there's a community built into the fertility food and there's a community here on Instagram is that you need people in your life to go yeah, I'm doing amazing. I'm, I'm taking time out of my life to love myself through diet, through lifestyle. I'm saying no to people. Um, my ultimate goal is to be a mom and I'm going to do the things I need to do to reach that goal, no matter how I become a mom. So don't beat yourself up. Struggle is real and it's always going to be there. Um, I, personally don't believe there's a health guru out there that doesn't still struggle to it and the people who aren't struggling have enough money to pay a chef <laughs> to cook all of their meals um, because when you are eating clean that is one of the things you have to do you have to take time and prep and you know go to the grocery store probably even more because your food isn't lasting as long. So it's super important just to know that struggle is real. How do I feel about fertility supplements? I have a really good um, IGTV thing on fertility supplements. You can go and watch that. I believe that there's support. Okay, so if you are eliminating all your inflammation as much as you possibly can, it's not going to be 100% and using supplements, then those supplements are able to do what they are designed to do. If you are, if you haven't changed anything in your diet, your lifestyle, your stress levels, and you're relying on those supplements to increase anything, your egg quality, your gut health, your moods, your lining in your uterus, any of that, it's highly unlikely going to do that because your inflammation is just too much for the minute supplements that are going into your body. It does, it's not like a, it's not going to balance it out, right? Um, you'll probably see more, you'll see more um, support from your supplements the more you increase or decrease your um inflammation. I have a feeling I have gut issues because I have this weird skin problem patches for years. 
yeah, skin issues 100% um, come from the gut. Now there's definitely times, um, I live in Hawaii, so it's super uh, humid here. And so like, you know, I don't really deal with dry skin. And I um, just went over to Colorado and Nevada. And my, the air obviously is so much drier. And I actually, in Colorado, I didn't have um, my O'Shea products with me and my skin was crazy, crazy dry. So there is an element of um, your environment that you're in. So definitely look into that. Um, and what you're putting on your skin matters too. Um, but if it's a recurring thing, um, you definitely have eliminated your environment and what you're putting on your skin, definitely look into your gut and see if there's anything you can do to improve that area. Um, I mean, obviously diet, I feel is the number one thing you can do for that, but your stress definitely affects it as well. Yeah, well done. Get those veggies in, man. Okay, so our next question is, I've already invested so much time and money. I've ran so many tests. Do I need more? Can I eliminate? <laughs> I feel you on this. And I think most people who have been dealing with infertility for a really long time are so sick of the testing. Um, from a functional medicine standpoint, this is what I would say about that is that you get put through a lot of lady bit tests when you go to a traditional fertility doctor. So they're doing your tubes and your lining and your ovulation, your AMH, you know, all those different tests, which are good to know, but um, aren't necessarily the root cause of why you're having fertility issues. So my question to you would be, um, have you done functional medicine testing? And so this um, also includes your thyroid testing. Um, when you get your thyroid done at a traditional doctor, they tend to just look at one or two issue, two things with the thyroid. But when you get a full thyroid panel, there's a lot more that you look into and you look at different degrees of um, normal ranges. So functional medicine is a, there's a lot smaller range for normal with the big unhealthy population that what we have now, um, the normal range is getting bigger and bigger for the thyroid. Um, so other tests are, you know, food sensitivities, um, gut health, looking into your gut health is key. I think going back to the skin issues as well, if you've looked at, you know, those three areas I talked about and you're still like, no, I'm still having issues, um, you know, a hidden infection like H. pylora, um, yeast overgrowth, just, you know, not enough good bacteria compared to bad bacteria. Every time I run a, a gut health test, there's something there. There's something there that we can improve on. Um, now, this isn't make or break, but if you are, you feel like you've tested everything, um, this could be your missing link. Um, and so what other functional testing is there? Um, that we can do well, like doing all your minerals um, and your vitamins, just making sure you're not deficient in any of that. So my answer would be, have you done the functional testing? If you've done the functional testing and um, you're on the perfect fertility diet, you're, you're doing everything right. There's two things I believe that can be a miss. One is your mindset. 
and your deep-rooted beliefs about yourself and about your ability to become a mother, you can really block yourself with that. Um, and another thing, and these are kind of like both really woo-woo, <laughs> but the other thing is the universe is basically saying not yet. And I believe that really truly, and I can kind of give you an example in my own journey, um, our last frozen embryo transfer, we had two amazing looking embryos. I had the diet, I had the lifestyle, I had the immune suppressing drugs. I had done it before. We had an IVF baby and it didn't work. I had an early miscarriage. I think it was kind of the universe's way to kind of maybe even give me more understanding and maybe more confidence in going out into the world and sharing how important your diet and your lifestyle are when it comes to fertility, because I got pregnant naturally two months later. And so if I would have had that, if, if that pregnancy would have kept and I would have had twins, I mean, it was on the cards I was supposed to have twins. Beyonce was pregnant. I saw two egg yolks, like <laughs> it was like gonna happen and it didn't. And yeah, I truly believe, you know, you know, the whole spirit babies, you know, our second son was meant to be here. And the way that my fertility journey worked out, I understand why I went through all that stuff. So it's just also another good reminder that uh, fertility is so fickle. It, you can be doing everything right and things still don't work out the way you wanted them to work out. I know it's really hard when you're going through your journey for people to tell you this, but you know, keeping that belief and that faith in yourself and that the universe knows how your family is going to look is is really magical and unfortunately you you won't know that until you can look behind you and go wow yeah that's that's I get it I understand why so I hope that's kind of answered that testing question just give me a shout if not <laughs> so is lemon in hot water apple cider vinegar in hot warm water good for you first thing in the morning that's a lot to like put in one glass water when you wake up is great for you because you are basically have been fasting, hopefully from anywhere from like seven to nine, 10 hours. So giving your body water to rehydrate is amazing. The, the lemon and the apple cider vinegar, it's just support there for you. So it helps with digestion. It gets things, you know, moving and working. So yes, I absolutely suggest waking up and at least the bare minimum having a nice lukewarm water not like freezing cold I don't think anyone gets up and like has ice cubes in their water so yeah definitely bring that into your routine even if it's just like three to four mornings a week I know apple cider vinegar is really strong. I actually have a video talking about apple cider vinegar um, in my reels, I think it is. And the benefits of them, you can get capsules if you, if you don't want to take it raw. And I know a lot of people talk about it hurts the enamel on your teeth. So it's not necessarily you, something you want to do every single morning. Yeah, one or the other, you can do both. You shoot the apple cider vinegar or take your pills. I think I have the ones I suggest in my Amazon shop. So if you shop on Amazon, or even if you want to know the brand and buy somewhere else, it's there. Just get that lemons, you know, packed full of vitamin C, which is super important for your adrenals and your immune system. So if you can get into those habits, that would be amazing. 
So I have two questions left for you guys. Hey, it's all so confusing. As far as I know, my periods are all fine and always on time. My gut is fine too. I don't suffer from IBS or any autoimmune disease. But how do I know if tomatoes and spices are affecting my fertility? I've been trying for a year now and no baby joy as yet. I'm 41. I've changed my diet a bit to incorporate more vegetables and fish and trying to follow a Mediterranean diet. Should I cut out nightshades to see if this is an issue? Any advice would be useful. One, I don't necessarily recommend going autoimmune paleo or just cutting out nightshades. In my experience, and like, don't quote me, but you would know there would, there would be something going on through your gut or through your skin or through something, even if it's minute, that nightshades are an issue for you. Now, depending how long you've changed your food and been on a better diet, I would question, are you seeing improvements in other areas? Did you have issues before you changed up your diet or was it just the infertility? So watching improvements in other areas is a really good way to know that you're on the right path. So you're 41. Some people would, you know, suggest the age thing. I don't necessarily believe in that, but it might have, you know, an effect, but I would say giving yourself time. You know, when we change our diet, we think, okay, I'm going to be pregnant in the next like month, two, three months. And it diet just doesn't work like that. And that's probably the really frustrating thing about it. It's not a quick fix. For some of us, it can be, um, but for most of us, it's just not. And we just need to give ourselves time and grace to do the diet and figure out all the ins and outs of it. But don't get hung up on a Mediterranean diet as well. There's a lot of amazing diets out there. And depending on how long you've been on it, it's really about making sure you're on the right diet for you. It might work for a lot of people, but like my case, Mediterranean diet would not have been a diet that would have helped me get pregnant. So there's, yeah, a few questions. You can cut out the nightshades. I would say if you do only do it for 14 days, I think that's long enough if you're already on. So like my situation, again, I went paleo for almost a year. And once I cut out the nightshades, I saw within, it was actually three weeks for me um, that I really noticed, but it might've been earlier. My last few symptoms like went away, but I had already been healing so much um, already by cutting out the crappy wheat, you know, the dairy, the soy, all that type of stuff. So um, I was already well on my way. So you can try it, but it's not something I would say you need to do, but definitely give yourself time. And I know time is not our friend, no matter what age you are, when you're dealing with infertility, you always feel really time poor. I hope that's answered that question for you. And so this is the last one I have for you guys today. Someone reached out and said, I think diet might be causing or having an impact on my infertility or on my fertility, but I have no idea. So I asked her, do you want to change up a few things in your diet and see if it has an effect? So she wrote back, I have done this plenty of times over the past eight years. I've religiously done gluten-free, dairy-free, EF, I don't know what E E and F-free are, vegan, keto, PCOS diets, lots. But honestly, I don't feel all that much different no matter what. I have stuck with each diet 
at least three to six months, feel the best just sticking to whole foods and being mindful not to splurge too much. But I still always wonder if there's something more I should be doing. I've always a thousand percent believed that I could heal my infertility with lifestyle choices. Okay, so here's the thing about diet. When you feel like it's not working, you're always searching for the next thing. I think that you've probably done enough to know your body, what works and what doesn't work. And that's the really important thing is to keep with what you feel the best on. So I'm, I'm assuming that you have PCOS because you said PCOS diets. The one suggestion I would have here is knowing the type of PCOS you have that can really help you figure out where to go with your diet and your lifestyle. Not all PCOS is the same. I highly recommend the PCOS nutritionist, Claire. Um, She comes from a traditional background of nutrition, but found functional medicine because of her own personal journey with PCOS. So I would highly recommend checking her out and maybe you can get some tips off of her with PCOS. Listening to your body and when you feel the best, that's what you need to do. And then on top of this, um, like I've said before, I truly believe that your mindset, you can really be on the perfect diet, but um, your mindset um, isn't in line with, or your subconscious isn't in line with your conscious mind. Also, you can look into hidden gut issues. That could be a big thing too. So we talked about like H. pylora, yeast overgrowth. You know, there's a lot of silent things that can be happening where you're eating all these healthy foods, but your body isn't digesting it. It's not putting it out into the bloodstream. It's not getting to where it needs to go because of some kind of hidden issue within the gut. But I believe in you. I think you can totally figure this out. I really hope that there's more of us out there talking about finding the right thing that you need to do to help either put into remission or fix or improve your fertility issues, you can 100% DM me if you have any other questions. But I hope this Q&A was super helpful. Thank you so much for DMing me and sending me these questions. And if you really want the support and guidance to find the perfect fertility diet for you, I have the fertility food program. And it is the quickest and easiest way. Well, I don't really want to say quickest and easiest because it's not. Diet changes are hard as F. Um, (laughs) But it is a really good program to put yourself through. And we have an amazing community for the support you need. And obviously I have personal coaching. So if you really want to dive deep, do some functional testing, that is another option for you guys as well. And I'm here on Instagram inspiring you to really take control of your fertility journey and get steps closer to your dream family. So until next week, thanks so much for joining. Bye. 
Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.